If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ken Honda. So let me share a little bit more about Ken. I interviewed him previously on my show, You Inspired, when his book, Happy Money, came out. So I was so happy to be connected with him again from his publicist. I'll share just how amazing he is. He has such an incredible spirit and a love for humanity, to transform humanity, really, and their relationship with money. So he's a money and happiness expert, Ken Honda. And I always think of Bhutan, the country that measures happiness, <laughs> when, when I hear that you're a happiness expert. So Ken Honda is best-selling self-development author in Japan with book sales, surpassing 8 million copies since 2001, a prolific writer. He is a best-selling author of Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. And today we're going to be discussing the top three money wounds and how to heal them. Welcome back to my show, Ken. Hello, Carissa. And I'm so happy to be back. And uh, thank you for inviting me. And I'm so happy that that means that uh, yeah, you didn't hate me for having <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell I don't know if I told you when we recorded our last interview, it was audio only. Mm-hmm. And my husband was traveling and I had, I had so much going on and my kids were playing on the playground and I was recording the interview with my hotspot in the car. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't whatever. believe we had connection. <laughs> Whatever that is fine. Is that like two, three, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Before the pandemic. Yes. Yes. A lot has happened, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. So much has happened. And um I, and I was just really excited to speak with you too, because of what you say about transforming and healing the money wounds, because I really think like we are transitioning to this new reality where money is spiritual and is no longer used for control or manipulation. Do you feel like we're transitioning to that type of era for humanity? Yes, exactly, Carissa. But uh, before we get there, we have to go through this scary spot. Okay, (laughs) that's important. Yes, it's almost like uh, uh, I call it sacred fire before the true heaven. So we'll be burned through this uh, fire. So our egos, our uh, anxieties, and uh, all those things will be um, on surface. And then we have to go through that. Uh, But I think everyone is going to go through uh, what's inside. Um, So if you have a lot of fear, a fear will pop up. 
anxiety and distrust and uh, all the issues that you haven't really dealt with will come up because of money-related stress. So I'm sort of welcoming uh, our big change. Um, the last uh, time that we did it, it's 80 years ago, uh, we have to fight against each other and we lost 30 million people's lives. Mm. But this time, I don't think we're going to uh, go into a such heavy war. But instead, we're going to experience uh, some kind of meltdown uh, with our financial system, which could really throw us off. So mm. we have to be we have to hold tight because uh, there will be a big uh, turmoil coming. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that holding tight is maybe partially to stay grounded in the truth of who we are and the wealth that we really feel inside rather than externally? Yes, yes, definitely. Because um, uh, we'll be challenged about our um, generosity, kindness, and uh, uh, and uh, because scarcity, then the feeling of scarcity will just sneak into our hearts, and and then we'll be tested if mm. we can stay generous, if we can be stay grounded, if we can stay happy, um, stay happy uh, with this a uh, big change, and and uh, we're going to go through a very tough time because of uh, you know right now we, we can see only the uh, you know rise of the cost of uh, gas and electricity. And food and all the all the things, but uh, we're gonna um, have this uh, slow economy, you know, because we have so little money uh, left each month to spend on our gadgets. You know, that means we mm. cannot buy things. You know, Amazon lost a lot of money. Uh, Amazon lost fifty percent of the profit, and uh, you know the stock went down twenty percent. So oh, just recently. Show, just yes, it's, I think uh, it's uh, uh, I think it's yesterday, but uh, so so fascinating. So yeah, you feel so, like there's already kind of a, like a shift, like people are um, not buying things they they don't need or buying uh, you know right. excessive items. Yeah, so it's good for our environment, but mm. not good for our economy. So mm. uh, because uh, look at our closet, we have already enough clothes. Uh, in our closet mm-hmm. we have enough gadgets in our house and we don't need three cars we don't need four houses but um look at us um we are just consuming so much resources so mm-hmm. in a sense it's great but at the same time we have to uh, get used to a new system which might take some years uh, so for the next five years or so i think we're going to experience a big change and um, um this change could uh, test your um, uh, sanity level. Yeah. Can you can you stay happy and stress free, even though uh, our sales go down and the cost of uh, things uh, go right, you know, go rising? Can you have the trust for our future? Wow. You just blew me away with that comment. I feel like we could end the podcast right there, but I still want to talk to you. But it was, it's just amazing because you are incredibly spiritual and psychic. And um, what you're saying is really connected with my friends. I, I don't 
know a lot of astrology, but I do get emails from my friends that know astrology. And, and what you're saying is exactly in alignment with that uh, philosophy, what's happening in the universe. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's just incredible that you know that intuitively and you're helping to share this message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't want to scare people. Um, yeah, that's important to say. Yeah, that. what I meant is that instead of relying on on a bank account, we can rely on our friends mm. and uh, uh, faithful customers and clients. If you have about two hundred people uh, who, that you have a very strong bonds with, so uh, uh, they will keep paying you. Uh, so if you have uh, these deep relationships with people, you'll be fine. Yeah. So it's important to really connect deeply then with your clients. I mean, not for superficial or monetary reasons, Mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. you know, just for your heart and for that feeling of connection and family. And, and I know you're trying to do that too, with your community, aren't you? Don't you have a community? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I have a, a largest online salon, uh, one of the largest online salons in Japan. We have about a few thousand people. Um, we we have a very unique community. We're helping one another, and I started one with the English community. We have a few hundred, and uh, about twenty from twenty different countries, learning about uh, happy money and how to circulate it. Uh, so in Japan, we have enough clientele so people can live on. Uh, off of the income from the community. So if you have a um, um, large enough community, um, people can uh, feel safe. If we, uh, because if something goes wrong, your friends are going to help you. Mm-hmm. So I'm suggesting people to have uh, 50 friends who let you stay for a week. You know, if you just start staying with your friend number one and for first week and uh, friend number two for the second week, uh, by the end of the year, um, you can go back to the friend number one, and it's been a year. How are you? you know? So if you have fifty friends, you're okay. Yeah. So you can you can live off of uh, uh, your friendship for a year, mm-hmm. and it could be twelve friends who stay who let you stay for a month. So mm-hmm. depending on how deep your relationship is, but yeah. what I'm saying what I'm saying is that. If you have enough friends, it's more, it'd be more helpful than your bank accounts. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, because there, there's other things, not to scare people again, but there's other things in the media, such as food shortage. And if you live in a community, I mean, if they're local, maybe there could be some kind of sharing, maybe there's a sharing economy that might evolve. And like one group could grow the vegetables, the fruit, and uh, another group could make soups and, um, you know, and really help each other. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Yes, exactly. So uh, there are many different kinds of money. Uh, one money is like a local money that can mm-hmm. be circulated. And the other uh, type of money is uh, hedge funds, you know, all the uh, money speculation and uh, Wall Street type of money is circulating around the world that could destroy uh, uh, a lot of economies and uplift and then crash. Mm. Uh, That's what's happening in China. 
and all over the world. And it's not good for uh, our environment because that kind of money, it goes very fast. Mm. So it moves fast and uh, disappears fast. Mm -hmm. So it's not really helping people. Yeah, that's interesting. But is that happening in all countries, do you think? Like, is Japan? Yes. Like all, yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, so, so the problem with, with our current um, financial system is that there's too much surplus of uh, of of money. Mm-hmm. So that money is like a, a crazy dragons. You know, they're just wandering around the world. And it, that Love kind dragons. Of, <laughs> yeah, that kind of energy is different from the local love uh, community. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. The local community money is more quiet, mm-hmm. uh, more generous, and more mm-hmm. fun. Whereas, you know, just international crazy dragon money, you know, uh, swamping, swamps into a third world world and just uh, build railroads and, and all the uh, you know, big buildings and mm-hmm. then disappear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, a lot of buildings are left, for example, in China, you know, there's uh, uh, um, more uh, houses empty uh, <gasps> than the population of Germany, uh, pe- people in Germany. So there are about 100 billion, 100 million uh, units are not used. You know, they built too many houses for nothing. And so something like that uh, is wow. not in environment because nobody's living there. Interesting. And uh, it's just like poor planning or something or people maybe in China want to live together more. So, so they thought they needed more housing. Like how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. You know, more houses, more money, uh, more money to the local government. Because, okay. Got uh, it. Sometimes like 20, 25 to up to 50% of the, of their local government's budget come from licensing um, their, um, real estate projects. That's why they built uh, so many houses without any planning uh, uh, nationally. That is just a tragedy. And I think they're going to pay for that. Uh, but, fascinating. Uh, but they're not alone. We're connected, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's really interesting how you talked about how the energy of money is different at the local mm-hmm. level. It has the heart, it has right. the generosity, it has the connection. And then at this other level, maybe at the stocks, the hedge funds and other there, they they don't have that human connection. So there's like a get rich quick kind of feeling and then they might just lose it all like you were saying mm-hmm. yes so um you know we have to uh, start seeing what kind of energy is flowing in your in your life mm. you know um, so and it comes from how you earn money to begin with so if you um, do the job that you don't like and start making money uh, your, your money becomes uh, unhappy money in my uh, definition. Mm-hmm. And, if you and you become a up, slave to it almost yeah. like, yes. because if you don't like it, it, it kind of means that it owns you. Yes, exactly. And if, and on the other hand, if you're doing what you love and receive money with appreciation, that becomes happy money. So uh, look at your money or look at your life. Uh, are you in the flow of happy energy or are you in the flow of unhappy energy? And that really defines who you are and how happy you can be. 
Mm, that's amazing. I'm glad you brought it back to the person, you know, and like how we can apply this energy to our own lives. And I was mm -hmm. listening to this woman on clubhouse. I was actually crying. It really touched my heart because she was saying she was monetarily wealthy, uh, multimillionaire. And, um, she tried to commit suicide because she realized that it didn't make her happy and she wasn't spending time with her kids and her family. And, um, and she wanted to end her life and she didn't, and she's here now. And she just realized that it was not happy money to her it, and she was a slave to it. And, uh, it, so it was just kind of interesting because I think a lot of people have the perception that if you're a millionaire, that it, everything's fine, you have no worries in your life. What do you think about that opinion? You know, um, yes, exactly. Um, life is, you know, throws you a, a curveball, and it it doesn't exclude uh, millionaires, because um, even if you have a lot of money, you have other issues like could be your your kids, could be your parents, could be your friends, or could be your relationship. So, uh, even if you have um, enough money in your bank account, that means like uh, you have one problem. Uh, a dumb. That means um, that you have none because you, you have 99 more problems. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just people uh -huh. think that that's it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like uh, um, our list on uh, house chores. We have to fix our roof. We have to do something. And if you have one less item, that doesn't mean that and that doesn't guarantee a peace of mind. So uh, financial freedom helps. But that doesn't help help your uh, that doesn't clear all your life problems away. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did want to circle back to uh, what we're going to be discussing, the top three money wounds. Do you mm -hmm. feel that everybody has money wounds? Yes, definitely. Oh, so okay. interesting thing is uh, if you are born and brought up in a financially challenged household, uh, your traumas are very visible that uh, your parents didn't uh, get your bike and and no that that sort of thing i know uh, it's it's obvious that you got hurt but the subtle one is uh like i was born into a fairly wealthy family i had always uh new sneakers new everything and i hated it because i felt funny now i know it's guilty you know ah, guilt yeah so i was young like how young were you when you were feeling that i think i was like eight or nine oh, everybody else is wearing somewhat you know uh used up uh sneakers and i already got the new ones uh, uh i oh i always got the new ones so i try to put the dirt so it looks kind of <laughs> like a little bit used <laughs> you so, are so sweet oh my god <laughs> even like as a child you're just oh, so I, I felt ashamed I, yeah. I felt ashamed of my uh, new uh, shoes yeah. uh, uh, because it's embarrassing in my heart. Mm -hmm. So a lot of kids all from wealthy family uh, or upper class, they feel guilty and they feel sometimes shame. Mm -hmm. So uh, this can be uh, trauma too. So, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, later on, I was afraid of showing up in front of people because I may be criticized for for who I am and for being wealthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so that kind of shame and guilt 
is very sneaky because it's um, buried in your subconscious. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, how did you heal that wound within yourself? Did you mm -hmm. start becoming aware of that later in life? Yes, I had many great mentors. Mm -hmm. And uh, by talking with them, I realized that I had this funny guilt that I don't need anymore. You know, the money is given to me because I can be, I can enjoy my life. Plus, uh, I have more than enough for a family of three. You know, I cannot, I cannot, I have uh, more than I can spend for the rest of my life. So what would you do? So I'm, I'm using my money to help people in many different ways. I, uh, one way is uh, I bought a, uh, a nice retreat center outside of Tokyo. So oh. to our ride. So we can seat 60 people. We can sleep 20 people. And uh, I just got back from the mountains. It's so uh -huh. beautiful. And the trees are turning colors now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of retreat center is helping, has helped so many people. Uh, at least uh, 15 or 20 couples, uh, they met at my retreat center. Oh. So, uh, and also there are so many babies, at least uh, like 30, 40 pe uh, babies were born because of me. Uh, oh, they, call so them, amazing. they call them 10 Honda babies. But... <laughs> so, oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh, what's your next retreat? I know this is off the topic. I'm like, okay, I already see myself there. I love Japan. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, the money, if I just had them in my bank account, it doesn't do anything. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, nice, beautiful, like a hotel-looking, European uh, castle-looking uh, place uh, where people meet um, uh, and um, heal and uh, connect. So uh, if you have uh, money, uh, you can do something like that. So by helping people, my guilt disappeared. Oh, uh, beautiful. Yeah, so because money can empower you. So by ha by me receiving a lot of money, I can give more. So this cycle of giving more, receiving more has been so uh, great, great. And so my guilt uh, disappears somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I know this is really off topic, but this is coming to me. Has it's anyone okay. ever told you that you are a reincarnate of a ascended master? <laughs> um, some people may think that but i'm just oh. a regular uh guy who oh, okay so uh, uh definitely uh, i don't think i am oh <laughs> uh, okay i know i don't want to embarrass you because you're really humble and and i know you know you don't want to be put on a pedestal like that just uh another happy guy yeah doing yeah what he loves. yeah that that humbleness, that humility to me is like mastering your ego, you know, it's like, and, and really transmuting that energy that you have that shame and, and guilt and that awareness of it even, and mm -hmm. then turning into something beautiful. You know, my dad lived in Japan for a long time. He taught business English over there. Um, wow. so I went over there when I was in high school and Yeah went out in the country and loved it. He lived in Tokyo. Nice. Well, so you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My, my father passed away in 2017. So, um, but I'll always think of him if I go there again without him, oh, yes. I definitely, 
a lot of memories. Well, yeah, yeah. My my father just he just really loved the culture, and my kids love the food. That actually is Japanese food is their favorite food. Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah. So sushi, and we make our own sushi and everything. But anyway, uh, so let's go back to the money wounds. Mm-hmm. And so, what are the top? So you've already identified what is a money wound and Mm -hmm. what are the money wounds that you've identified? So I think uh, unworthiness is also um, um, a big trauma. Uh, We felt so unworthy uh, for receiving nice, nice gifts and nice, good things. So um, after we grow up, we still feel unworthy for asking a raise you know, mm. to raise your uh, fees, mm-hmm. receive more clients. Mm-hmm. So this uh, sense of um, sense of unworthiness were, was created a long time ago. Yeah. So unless we do something, we have a hard time uh, taking a risk, starting a new things, and uh, um, even though we do, uh, even though we did, uh, nobody is going to help us. So that is a feeling, and I had. I struggle with that too, you know, mm-hmm. um, before I started uh, um, doing this in English, I felt unworthy, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not uh, popular enough, I'm not, I will, uh, I'm loved in Japan, but I don't know if I, if I'd be loved somewhere else, you know, that kind of feeling, it really yeah. hurts yeah, that's interesting. Do you feel that it is gender specific, that a feeling of unworthiness, or it's both men and female? I think it as long as you're human, we have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people might feel like an imposter syndrome, like mm-hmm. um, yeah, unworthiness of the success or the money. And that may block the flow of money, could it? Yes, yes, definitely. So uh maybe in uh like 20 years ago, women may have more uh unworthiness issues like that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're all men and women are both really beat up so there's no difference yeah and, and i think uh, um in terms of gender i think men are as uh beat up and wounded as women in a different way because mm-hmm. uh i think um boys are taught not to cry you know do do better uh mm-hmm. do more push so, through it you know yes. work hard no matter what yeah yeah, so I, I, um, it's it's hard to be um a, a, a man and also have this sense of uh, gentleness, um, because gentleness is not highly regarded in Western culture as much as the East. So instead of being gentle and nice, you you're supposed to be tough first, you know, strong first, and then you you, you can be gentle. It's like a bonus. Mm-hmm. But I think in the coming years, gentleness and kindness will be highly appreciated. Uh, I think um, uh, worth worth system will be different too. So right now, you know, the the financial, social toughness um, may be regarded highly, but I think uh, in coming years, um, we will appreciate different things in Mm -hmm. in people. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I wonder sometimes, maybe even now, because of societal pressures or mm-hmm. family pressures, they might appear weak if they're uh, kind or generous, afraid to show their heart, open up their heart 
to people or others. So that would be amazing that that could be a more valued trait and mm-hmm. uh, more socially acceptable for all people, you know? Yeah. So it, I think the change is happening and the cultural too. Mm-hmm. So I'm fascinated with the uh, cultural difference and anthropologically. Like say, um, if um, you want to run for U.S. president, you cannot show weakness as much as other leaders. Um, the other day, a Japanese a former prime minister cried in public uh, for the loss of his friend. Mm-hmm. But in North America, if uh, you haven't really seen uh, no. a lot of presidents cry for some for any reasons, right? You That's have to right. be strong. And if you are that gentle, maybe you're liked as a friend, but not as president. <laughs> you you probably feel insecure if your U.S. president is crying mm-hmm. over, you know, uh, like. Um, dropped candy or something. Mm-hmm, right. But, but in Japan, it's not like that. They, they, that is considered uh, socially acceptable or normal. Right. And so uh, we felt so close to uh, him now afterwards. So oh, he was, he was all put down uh, because he was arrogant and all that. But now after showing his emotions, we respect him more. Wow. That's powerful. And and I feel that about people too. You know, when I hear someone who is a strong leader, whether they're male or female, if they cry, it makes me feel like equal to them. Like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, they're human. They have feelings. <laughs> they're not just like, go, go, go <laughs> all the time. Um, so it, it's true. I mean, I, I feel that sometimes when I hear someone inspiring or like a, a famous person and they cry and I'm like, wow, they are amazing <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. like when someone can feel like all the emotions and be vulnerable like that, that's strong to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I cry a lot on stage. You know, I, oh. I cry with my clients I, and I cry for what happened to her or him. Oh. And we all cry together. It's not, you know, everybody cries in my yes. audience. And also I'm included. And uh, when we oh. cry together, we I'm feel so accepted. Yeah. I yeah. feel so accepted because I am a crier. Oh, I cry a lot. So I am, t- I would totally fit into your community. <laughs> So I think maybe we're a little bit uh, different, but I, I, I'm proud of it because uh, we're all vulnerable and we feel yeah. hurt. So unless we're honest with our feelings, you know, we stay away from our feelings, which means we lose power. So mm. because uh, either positive and negative emotions are like gasoline over our life. So mm. you can use it um, both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, what about some of the other beliefs like um, you believe your security is tied to how much money you have? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think a lot of people feel that and even have pain, like psychosomatic issues in regards to money. What do you think about right. that? Right. So uh, money can pull out uh, a lot of emotions on, on, on both positive and negative. And we are so tied up with uh, emotions, especially negative ones. So we we feel anxiety, we feel fear, we feel resentful, we feel um, uh, uh, frustrated around money. 
and we are so uh, ignorant and also we don't want to touch it. So I still remember <clears throat> my mother uh, seemed so frustrated and uh, even with the money when we did, did some shopping. And I, I, I assume she felt like she spent too much money over her budget. And uh, so I, I asked her, mom, are you angry? And she said, no. You know? <laughs> and, you know, like when, when you ask somebody, are you angry or upset? Are you okay? And she would, <laughs> he would say, no, I'm not angry at all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course so, they are. <laughs> yeah. We, are in, <laughs> we are in denial. We are in denial of uh, anger, frustration, and all the funny feelings, including guilt and shame. So uh, um, you have to really watch it. Otherwise, this kind of big emotions control you. Um, I I talk about uh, money personality types in my books. We react uh, differently to our money-related stress. You know, uh, the spender people, <clears throat> they, they spend money to feel the control over money. The gambler, they want to have the excitement. Money maker, they want to feel powerful and secure when they are making money. And the saver, they love saving money because they feel more secure. So we become who we are by choosing um, the way we react to money. So that's why we feel uh, funny stress. And then we, we have our own ways of um, figuring out what to do with the stress. And everything is pretty you know, uh, comic. It's so funny. So I always invite a couple on my stage in front of a thousand people. Oh, how nice! <laughs> I, that's good entertainment for everybody, right? Yes, and uh, <laughs> we don't, we cannot, we cannot laugh about our relationships, but we cannot laugh about other people's. Yes, absolutely. And it's so real, right? So and, and so, okay. So let's go through a scenario. You'll bring these uh, this couple up on stage, mm -hmm. and you'll identify like their money personality type, and typically they maybe have opposite or different. Uh, usually opposite. So uh, oh. money maker, money, <laughs> maker, money maker ends up uh, getting married with a spender, because at the stage early stage of a relationship, any relationship, the opposite attracts each other. So money maker, uh, they're busy making money, but they don't know what how to spend. So the spender people look so attractive because they know how to party. They know where, where what kind of restaurants they they should go to. Yeah. They know the exotic uh, uh, places to go to. So the money maker falls in love with the spender because she or he knows uh, how to have fun. Yeah. On, the, on the other hand, yeah, from other way uh, perspective. Uh, moneymaker seems so attractive because she or he can provide all the money uh, the uh, spender needs. So they're happily married for a few years, but they, <laughs> they end up thinking, wait or a minute. Or less, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I just, uh, if my partner keeps spending the way he or she spends, yes. I'm going to go bankrupt. And from the other end, I thought he or she is going to provide money for the rest of my life, but he's just a boring jerk who just uh, who just does all the business, you know, <laughs> or she's working all the time. She doesn't want to share with me. Yeah. So the same reason that they uh, that got them together uh, could be the reason to separate them. So unless you understand about uh, the differences of how you how people react to money, it could end up in uh, so many miseries.
Yeah. Oh yeah. That's fascinating. And, and I was just thinking about, uh, my uncle, he, he, his wife died and, and, um, he's wealthy and, and, um, got remarried to someone like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but he, he really wants, like, he loves her and wants to be with her, but it's just, yeah, that he's, I think he's feeling that like, oh my God, is he going to spend all my money? Like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's just kind of interesting talking to my, um, my cousin about it and everything. So let's talk about some of the other money wounds. So we've got the security and, and one is, um, one that I like is, um, that you need to work hard to make money. What do you think about that one? So, um, I, I used to teach financial independence course, uh, in Japanese and, um, the main topic is uh, there are so many ways of earning money. You can uh, earn money as an employee, and uh, you can uh, earn money as an investor or business owner. Um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki model or self-employed people. Mm-hmm. You want uh, just choose one for yourself. Which one excites you the most? Some people feel excited about working in a big company, whereas some people want to work alone, solo. Mm-hmm. You know, as a freelancer and some people want to invest some people want to um, start up a business and then let somebody uh, take care of the, the, the rest so <clears throat> what kind of lifestyle do you want to choose so I'm I'm an investor and also I'm a, a business owner but at the same time I'm a writer which is uh, which put me into a self-employed category yeah so I get a lot of royalties from um, from the books I wrote in the past. I have more than yeah. two hundred books, so I got a lot of royalties um, from from the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, without working uh, a second, I get paid a lot. Uh, I get paid more than uh, um, like a few people work uh, for the work um, I did. Uh, sometimes five years ago, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like last week, I got a check from a book, book royalties that I wrote 18 years ago. Amazing. So like, you know, um, if you're working as an employee, uh, your company or your, your former boss just knock on your door and say, Hey, Carissa, you did a great job 18 years ago. Here's a check. And and (laughs) what if he gives you like $10,000 check in, in his hand? Like, Really? I don't even remember what I did, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I mean, so so that example that you gave of yourself is good to visualize because you're a creator and you mm-hmm. also like to invest, but you don't necessarily work hard because you enjoy it, enjoy what you're doing. So you you've shifted. You never had that. Did you ever have that where you had to work hard? That belief um, many, system? Many, many years ago in my yeah. early 20s. But I retired. I retired at the age 29. So oh, okay. I, I graduated. I graduated from a working hard stage uh, like a few decades ago. Oh, so that's good. My memory is a little bit foggy, but yeah. uh, I think I I, I felt uh, I was in a box. I couldn't really get out. Because as long as you're working hard, um, you have to make both ends meet. And uh, the way you work like that uh, doesn't pay you so much. 
Mm-hmm. And even if uh, uh, your work pays you a lot, your um, your bills would also go up too. You know, uh, your rent or uh, mortgage or cars. Um, if you were not making much money, you didn't uh, go to a good restaurant. But you're uh, if you're making more than say hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars, you are going you start going to waste money. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, for a suit. Uh, you probably paid just a hundred dollars, but now you have to pay three thousand dollars. You know, mm. the, the same looking shirt, but nicer quality. Mm-hmm. So everything becomes more expensive. You I know? see. And so uh, the situation that you worry always worry at the end of the month will never change, um, even though your your income changes, uh, your cost of living uh, increases too. Yeah, that's interesting because you think, oh, I should have all this extra money because you're making more money. But then there's societal expectations that you need to have this car or you need to have this quality of clothes. And then if you rise to that, if you buy into that, then then that's that's it. Then then your money goes to that. I, I know I, I know a billionaire who actually shops at thrift stores. <laughs> husband. So it's, it's just kind of interesting um, because, you know, people can have a lot of money, but not buy into that paradigm mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, some wealthy people have to learn how to spend and how to waste their money. Otherwise, you know, economy will not float. <laughs> so yeah, good I'm, point. Teaching all, I'm teaching all the millionaires to start wasting money. <laughs> but the funny thing is they cannot <laughs> yeah they have a long history of not wasting a cent you know, yeah that's how, that's how they became that's like the millionaire yeah. next door the right. goal so, and it made them millionaires yeah yeah so i always give them a, a nice homework ah. uh, go, out, go out and spend waste a thousand dollars you know oh that is beautiful that's so healing for them right but they can't ah. <laughs> well, they need to heal that wound, don't they? I know, I know. So the funny thing is, like, after a week, they can they came back and said, Ken, I couldn't find any ways to oh! just waste a thousand dollars. It's like I'm gonna kill myself before I do that. Oh, <laughs> so no. and then I realized that I have this fear of wasting money. So I said, Yeah, that's why I gave you this homework. Just go back again <laughs> and do it. And, and they came back and said, Ken, I wasted my money. I'm so I'm so happy. And then the flow of happy money comes ah, in. Beautiful. And, uh, some, of, some of them uh, uh, set up their foundation. Oh, uh, some of them beautiful. Start, uh, sharing their money. So mm-hmm. um, you have to sell somewhere. Yeah. And that that's you can transform a lot of wealth from people like it's like, we, you know, we need to transition them from holding on to just releasing it all and not being afraid, not being in that scarcity mindset, because getting them back to that place of, okay, you're wealthy, you are Mm -hmm. a multimillionaire, you're a billionaire, let's share this with the world. Right. So I want to be a Mother Teresa, um, who always just uh, uh, comes into a um, party room and, and mother used to say, here, um, gentlemen, I'm here to rob you. <laughs> so just 
bring out your checkbook and just start writing $100,000 to my, my foundation. So, and everybody's laughing and then just they are happily, you know, uh, they wrote do it. Yeah. Uh, and Is so, that a true story? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I read it somewhere. So <laughs> yeah, I, no, for I'm sure. sure. You I'm, sure she did. Yeah. I'm sure she did something like that. Yeah. That is incredible confidence. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. And what's the third um, money wound that people are suffering from? I think people are suffering from depression. Mm. Like whatever do we do will not um, mount to anything. All the work I do, all the saving I do, all the uh, co- you know cutting out the coupons would not do anything. So mm-hmm. uh, how much or whatever we do, it'll be just nothing. Mm-hmm. So this depression will be uh, just prevail in North America, Europe, um, and everywhere in the world because uh, we feel like we're drowning. The, the you know the sea level, uh, the the water level will go up, and then we cannot swim. So we're drowning in the in the in the pool of bills. That's why I, I that's what people are probably feeling right now. So that, um, a lot of people want to give up because oh, I don't know what uh, what the heck I this is too much. I can't take it anymore um, mm-hmm. because it's it's too much. And so this overwhelming feeling uh, puts it into depression that not, nothing matters. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to help you. Yeah. Uh, this feeling uh, kills you uh, instead of money worries and money money uh, money trauma. That this depression is probably the the worst money uh, trauma or uh, money wounds that you can think of. And you don't know yeah. that this comes from uh, money wounds. Um, mm-hmm. That this, this 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 depression has on you. Mm. Yeah, the hold that it has on your life. Like why even try and just giving up? I mean, yeah, yeah. If anyone out there in the audience is feeling like that, please reach out to Ken or myself and and we can help heal that and and move through it. Because I just want to say, I know it's temporary. I know that feeling is temporary. Yeah, it could if you let it. And, uh, yeah. and uh, depression doesn't come to, uh, t- doesn't visit to only financially challenged people. Uh, the depression also knock on the door for the wealthy people yeah. because they've made it. They have enough money. They were successful, but still they can feel happy. Right. That's even worse because, you know, they yeah. thought get, they would get it. But uh, it's almost like you're, uh, um, you're conned into this game. Yes, it's so One true. Day, I'd be happy if I make a million dollars. Right. And then after just, you know, doing all the thing you do, you're supposed to do, you get nothing. So if you, uh, it's no wonder a lot of wealthy people commit suicide because yeah. you know, it's, it's um, like a con game that uh, all of us are just brought into. It's, it's called true. money game. It's money game. Mm. Uh, we don't know how to play. Without uh, 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 writing a consent, we are drawing to this game when we are five. And then mm-hmm. we have to keep playing until you die. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the worst um, part of all is that you don't know if you're winning or losing. Uh, because even if you're making $5 million, 
you feel like you you loser because all of your friends have a bigger jets mm. and bigger companies and nicer homes. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you a loser even if you if thought you hit three home runs and you know mm-hmm. a lot of great things, but still someone else is winning. Mm-hmm. So that will put you into misery. Yeah. So as long as you have this, um, uh, as as long as you are in this game, you cannot feel happy. So some sometime in your life, you have to say, "I'm out of this game." You know, otherwise, um, you're forced to play th- this game. Mm-hmm. The IRS uh, will just try to put you back in in this game, and your kids, your uh, business partners or your uh, um, employees or your boss uh, say, "Hey, hey, hey! We are playing the game. You know, you cannot get out." So um, this is like a slavery game. Mm-hmm. So you have to really watch out. Yeah, absolutely. And so the point I think of what Ken is trying to say is that happiness comes from the inside, and that's what you're trying to say with happy money here international best-selling book. And and that's what sometimes wealthy people realize, you know, it's like, okay, this is something I create from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and um, what about the negative belief that money creates drama or maybe they grew up in a wealthy family and their father traveled all the time, was never home and didn't feel connected didn't feel loved. Do you feel like that is a, a common money wound? Yeah, money uh, wound uh, uh, wounds can be uh, so many different forms. Okay. Uh, because money touches all the areas of life. So some people take it as a, a more like a loneliness issues. Some people take it as a unworthiness issues, uh, power issues, and so it, and it manifests in, in many different forms too. So unless you watch out what's going on with you and your money, uh, you know there are so many pitfalls that you fall into. So um, you, you have to start uh, checking uh, where you are uh, in terms of your money EQ, emotional intelligence. Mm. You know, uh, it, it doesn't really matter how much you have, how much you make. It's how you relate with money. Mm. If if money becomes your best friend, that's beautiful. But either we become a slave to money or we want money to be our slave. And, mm. and so uh, a lot of uh, selfish, um, uh, wealthy people, you know, they don't behave nice in a restaurant because they think they can do anything. That is a mentality that people want money to be uh, their slave. Uh, is a little hard because uh, some people obey, some uh, other people hate uh, you for doing that. So uh, if you can uh, um, have money as your best friend on your side, uh, your life will be so beautiful. But you have to know a few tricks before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like it's possible to heal that is like identify your EQ with money and then um, you can heal that and, and live a happy life and have a happy relationship with money? Yeah, it takes time, not like 10 years, but definitely within a few months to a year, mm-hmm. uh, you're gradually um, um, aware you're getting more aware of what's going on. 
Like and you you it used to be money uh becomes a scary uh, thing in your life, but now probably you feel a little little bit closer. I my favorite question is if money was a person, who would it be? Is that a scary person or a happy, a gentle, generous person? You know, some people said I feel money is like an assassin, you know. <laughs> He's going to get me. You know, oh, so. how funny. I, like to yeah. me, Warren Buffett just came to me like a uh, grandpa, like, hey, here, here's some money. <laughs> Give it out. Yeah. yeah, if you have that, you would uh, be probably generous with money and easy money, you know, uh, relatively easy with money. So uh, think about that. So that mm. would be my first question. And then there are many, at, at least like uh, 30 or 40 uh, questions that you go through and with each question uh you you free yourself uh, from guilt from power from recognition from uh trying to get security through money because uh real security doesn't come with money in your bank account so if you know those bits of information um one by one um you um not long um later you find yourself free from all the money related stress wow that's powerful it's been such a pleasure reconnecting with you and hearing about the three money wounds how they impact us how we can heal them and i'll put your website and how to connect with you in the show notes and buy ken's book happy money <laughs> thank you and much zen success on your journey. I think it's cool. You're called the Zen millionaire. My show is Zen success. Yes. We're, we're cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my tagline is moving from force to flow. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, great. I just love your energy. Thank you so much, Ken. I hope you have a blessed Thank day. You. Thank you, Carissa. Please enjoy your evening. And I'm just sending all my love and uh, to you and the viewers. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. To learn more about the upcoming Money and You event, go to the show notes for Zen Success. Enjoy. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.